Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured. As his book will make abundantly clear, that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history. In Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. Pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible, as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always, always, always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. And we are broadcasting live tonight from the Asylum Studios here deep in the bowels of Southwest Texas in the beautiful city of Eagle Pass. Now, it is a beautiful Thursday evening here in Eagle Pass. It's overcast. It's a little chilly. And uh, overall, just a beautiful, beautiful night. Now, uh, last week, we uh, we started, well, I'm sorry, last week we finished our first series of the live broad, of the new live broadcast uh, with uh, uh, with the history of the Bible. And uh, what we did last week is we uh, wrapped it up with a verse-by-verse comparison of your King James Bible and, uh, you know, one of the more popular modern versions. Now, uh, tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to begin a whole new series of studies, and we're going to be talking about the indicators of the last days. Folks, are we really in the last days? Well, as we're going to learn in this study, in fact, we really are. Tonight's episode is really uh, more so of an introduction uh, to the study, and we're going to do that by examining God's clock. You know, God does have a clock. Did you know that? And of course, why wouldn't he? God does everything, <clears throat> excuse me, God does everything in good order. So, of course, he would have a clock and everything would be organized on a timetable. Now, before we get into our Bible study tonight, I'm going to ask you to do just a couple of quick things for me. First of all, would you head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, and when you get there, head over to the contact section, and uh, why don't you send us over a message? You could uh, let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have, and also, you can you could also send over your prayer requests. Uh, before we get on the air, we always take a few moments and we pray for those that are on our sick list and our general prayer list and all of our unspoken prayer requests. So it's uh, really important that if you have a prayer request, you could you could send that over to me, and uh, it would be a real privilege and a blessing for me to be able to pray for you over those things. Now, if you don't like to use the web form, that's totally fine. I understand that completely. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of the web forms either, but uh, you could always email me directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. That's info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Dot com. Now, also, when you're on our website, if you would, please look for the new support button that you find on our navigation bar. Uh, we have plenty of options available to, to you if you'd like to make a contribution. And if you would like to make a contribution, I'm going to ask you, first of all, to pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do it, if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, uh, and if, you know, if you'd like to become an active part of the ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way. And, uh, you know, I would really, really be thankful for it. Now, of course, uh, before we go any further with the show, we always take a minute here just to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, first of all, for uh, giving me the opportunity to serve him and for allowing me to do this, uh, this particular uh, podcast and to have this type of a ministry. This is such a blessing for me. It's something that, um, you know, I got saved through a radio broadcast, a, a radio ministry, um, 23 years ago, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, it, it's always had some special place in my heart 
to do a ministry or to have a ministry like this. And after many attempts at it, of course, of my own doing, uh, you know, the, the Lord finally allowed me to have this opportunity to do it, and it's it's been such a blessing. Um, I, I have had such great contact with so many wonderful people that I've met through this through this medium, and it's just been something that uh, that that really God has just uh, just blessed me with. I, I mean, this is a platform that that that. Um, that's been distributed all across this country and all across the plane on which we live. And, you know, it's a wonderful platform to be able to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's something that I am so extremely thankful for. And I'm also thankful, and, you know, this is not in any way to diminish this gift, because this is a tremendous gift. I, I am so thankful for the gift of salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ has, has provided for me. And the only thing that he asks is that you believe him and that you trust him. That's it. That's all it takes. It has nothing to do with your works. It has nothing to do whatsoever with uh, your denominational background. Uh, listen, folks, there, I'm a Baptist, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be plenty of Baptists that are going to be very surprised when they, wake, when they wake up in hell, because it has nothing to do with your denomination. It doesn't matter if you're a Baptist, Catholic, Presbyterian, Episcopal, Charismatic, doesn't make a difference. The only thing that matters is... Have you put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the only thing that matters. Have you called upon the name of the Lord to be saved? You know, it, your baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. Absolutely nothing. Zero. The only thing your baptism is good for is to get you wet. That's about it. That's really all it does. Okay? Um, you're, you're taking the taking a communion service is not going to get you saved. Uh, I know there's a very popular denomination out there that, that thinks that uh, every time they bless the death cookie and they give it to you, that, uh, that, that somehow, someway, uh, you, uh, that's how you take in Jesus Christ. That's not how you get the Lord Jesus Christ. You get the Lord Jesus Christ by asking him to save you, by putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood that he poured out for you on Calvary's cross. That's the only way, folks, you get saved. That's it. No other way. And I am so thankful for that gift, and I am so thankful that God had opened my eyes to it. And I'm also thankful that God had preserved me for, for all of those years of my life leading up to that point where I got saved because there were so many boneheaded things that I've done that uh, could have ended my life or, or, or could have really put me in a situation that uh, would not have been the most optimal, the most ideal. And, um, you know, God preserved me through all that. When I look back at it and I see all the things that God did for me, I, I'm just astounded by it. It's something that, oh my goodness, I, I, I couldn't even begin to tell you uh, all, this, all the stupidity <laughs> that I've done in my life. You know, even after I got saved, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, you know, I, I've, I've made some really boneheaded decisions as I've gone along uh, through my salvation. But you know something, folks, it's, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing when you know that you're saved. And you folks, you can know that you're saved. Just read, just read 1 John, you know, 1 John chapter 5, just read it, read it, digest it, intake it, you know, let it be, let it fill you, and you'll understand that once you are saved, you are always saved. You can't get it today, lose it tomorrow, get it back again, you know, it, it no. Once saved, always saved. That is Bible. That is Bible. Now, a lot of folks like that are, you know, that are listening are probably, you know, thinking that I'm crazy and I'm a heretic for believing that. But the truth of the matter is, if unless you rightly divide your Bible, you're going to fall into the trap of not knowing 
not knowing once saved, always saved. A lot of the folks that believe that you have to keep on working to get to keep, to maintain your salvation, they take passages like Matthew chapter 24 uh, um, and uh, other various—I'm uh, drawing a blank for some reason on the, on the passages here—but, uh, you know, so many other passages that talk about having to, uh, you know, to work and continue on and endure to the end and all that, that's not for us. That's not for the church age has nothing to do with the church age. It's all a tribulation setting. Remember when we did our study on the book of Revelation, we talked about the um, uh, uh, how when the church is raptured out, and you read about that in Revelation chapter 4, when the church gets raptured out, the dispensation changes, and it goes from the church age, the, the dispensation of grace, it goes right back to a dispensation of faith and works. So, you're taking passages of Scripture that have nothing to do with this period of time at all, and you're getting yourself fouled up. Fouled up. Once you are saved, you are always saved. And I'm kind of off on a little bit of a tangent here, not exactly what I'm intending talking about, but, but folks, it's so important today to understand that. you Once you are saved, you are always saved, and all you need to do to get saved is call upon the name of the Lord, and He'll save you. And that's it. That's all there is. All right. I also want to say thank you to all of you who support us through your prayers. Thank you so very much for all your support. God bless you for it. And please continue to pray for us. Please continue to pray for this for this ministry. Uh, please continue to pray for my family. Uh, pray for the folks that are on our prayer list. And of course, please continue to pray for me uh, as we uh, move forward here. And also, I want you to pray uh, for uh, our producer, uh, producer Claude. Uh, dealing with some back pain tonight and uh, the last couple of days, and he's been working really hard to try to get things going for us with uh, with with a new website, which is on the way, and trying to get the live player going, which I'm understanding right now it's not working uh, again. But, uh, you know, we're working hard on this. We're trying to get this taken care of, and I really do appreciate, and I'm so very thankful for Brother Claude for all the work that he's been putting in here. And... Uh, you know, uh, through your contributions to the show, you know, we're able to uh, give him a gift. If you, uh, if, you, uh, if you feel compelled to do that, we would appreciate it. Uh, so pray about it. Absolutely pray about it. All right. I also want to say thank you to all of you who uh, are continuing to support us as we're going through these changes here with the show. Uh, thank you so much for your financial support, and God bless you for it. Uh, listen, folks, you know, your contributions really do help. They, they go a very long way. They help us defray a lot of the costs that we have in trying to get this thing off the ground and with our uh, self-hosting and, and transitioning over into the podcasting 2.0 family and community. And uh, also for, uh, you know, more importantly than all of that, but the fact that we use your contributions to, to distribute Bibles. We use your contributions to distribute other materials that folks ask for. Uh, we also contribute to the ministry of, of several missionaries that are, that are out there in the field actively working in foreign countries. Uh, and so your contributions really help, and, and we are so incredibly thankful for that. And of course, we also want to say thank you to all of you who listen faithfully to everything that we have been putting out there. You know, God bless you for listening in, and thank you so very much for it. You know, we're focusing a lot on the on the podcasting 2.0 uh, platforms that are out there, like uh, like Fountain and Podverse, and and so many more. Uh, I, I would recommend you get those get those uh, players and get those apps and get yourself an account. And uh, you know, majority of the accounts are free. They have some premium services that you could you can buy into if you like to. But uh, on the mo on the whole, they're all free, and uh, they're great platforms to listen on. And, and they're being run by 
but just a handful of people. They're not big corporate things like Spotify and Apple and, and so on and so forth, or iHeart. Um, and uh, you know, so we're we're focusing on getting onto those markets and into those uh, podcast platforms. And um, so, if you don't have an account with one of those, hey, get them, get them. Uh, there there are plenty of places you can go to to listen to the podcast. And and again, we're getting out there. Uh, so you know, we're, but again, we're still on pot. We're we're still on um, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, uh, Amazon Music, Pandora. We're on all of these different platforms. iHeart. We're on all of these different platforms. But folks, wherever it is that you are listening to us, please, please, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way, you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord. Jesus Christ. All right, folks, with that said, how about we get to some announcements? Right, folks, welcome back to our live Thursday night Bible study. Uh, here it is at 7 p.m. Well, it's uh, 7:17 p.m. Uh, we've been we've been at this for a little bit already, uh, but I just want to say, uh, you know, it is great to be back doing live shows. It is such a wonderful feeling to be to be able to do this. I really don't like to record. I, I really don't. It's just it makes me lazy. And uh, I don't. I, I want to give you the best I can possibly give you. Now, uh, now it's, again, it's our Thursday night Bible study every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, that's you know for all you folks that are out there on the East Coast, and I understand you're dealing with some wintry weather out there. So uh, hopefully you guys are staying safe, you're staying warm. Uh, too bad you're not out here with us in Texas, where it is a a, a nice, comfortable 65 degrees here. Um, at Showtime. And uh, we are talking tonight about the indicators of the last days, the indicators of the last days. And uh, this is going to be an exciting study, and I'm lo really looking forward to getting into it. I'm not exactly sure how many how many episodes or shows we're going to be doing of this. Uh, there are several uh, indicators that are out there, and, and each one is, uh, is equally important. So uh, we're going to just take it one day at a time, one episode at a time. We'll see how we get, how we get there and uh, how we get along. And, uh, you know, we'll just continue on until we're done. All right. Uh, so Thursday night Bible study, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Also, our Sermon Sunday broadcast returns this Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central time, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, we are going to be talking about the, uh, the security of the believer, the security of the believer on this coming Sermon Sunday broadcast, and uh, we're looking forward to doing that. Now, of course, where can you hear these live episodes? Well, hopefully we'll get the live situation straightened out uh, a little bit a little bit down the road, maybe in time for Sunday, but uh, you'll be able to listen to us live on our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Also, uh, some of the new Podcasting 2.0 platforms have the ability to uh, to uh, uh, broadcast live episodes as well. So hopefully we'll get all that straightened out in time for Sunday, and uh, we'll be excited for that. Now, folks, uh, you know, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you consider paying us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? Our, uh, we meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m., 
Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m., and our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is head over to the church's Facebook page, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you're there, you're going to find a lot of really helpful information, as well as episodes of the podcast. Now, we are very thankful to the folks over at First Baptist Church for allowing us to use the church's Facebook page uh, for the episodes uh, that we've been posting. Uh, You know, we don't have a Facebook page. I don't have a Facebook page. And... um, I really don't want to get a Facebook page, so uh, by the church allowing us to use theirs, it's been such a blessing to get the message out. And um, I also want to say thank you to our, our pastor and my my great friend, uh, John Monk, for all of his encouragement, all of his support, and uh, we are so thankful again for uh, his consent to allow us to use the church's page. Now, um, uh, like I said, we don't have a church, we don't have a Facebook page for for, for this podcast, and uh, I really don't want to set one up. So it's, it's been a real blessing. And um, uh, uh, let me see what else, what else, there was something else I was going to say about this, but uh, it keeps flipping out of my mind, so I guess the Lord doesn't want me to tell you about it. All right, um, let's see. Folks, if you are interested in prepping, I'd like to tell you a little bit about the Contra Radio Network. The Contra Radio Network, who we partner with, is a single podcast that houses nearly a dozen talented podcast and vidcast hosts from around the country who release content daily. The Contra Radio Network releases 15 to 20 shows a week. You believe that? 15 to 20 shows a week, uh, depending on current events. And there are no issues that are off limits to any of these patriots. You want to break down a current events? Got it. Want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got it. Want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Yeah, no, that's not me, but we got that too. Want to hear more about politics, Bible study, sports, camping, firearms? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered. You can get the Contra Radio Network on all of your favorite podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You could also head over to their website, Contra Radio Network, uh, uh, I'm sorry, no, crn.best. That's crn.best. All right. Well, I always like to talk about Brother Chase Tobin. Uh, Chase is a, is a good friend, a great brother in Christ. I really do appreciate him and his ministry. And uh, he has a wonderful podcast called The Three Pillars Podcast. And The Three Pillars Podcast focuses on your personal growth utilizing the three pillars of fitness. Well, what are the three pillars of fitness? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's the spiritual, mental, and physical. Now, Brother Chase drops a new episode uh, every, week, every week, every Friday or Saturday morning. Uh, they come on out, and uh, he has a video version of the podcast that you can find over on YouTube at the number Three Pillars Podcast on Rumble at Three Pillars Podcast, and uh, you can also find him on his website at threepillarspodcast.wordpress.com. Now, if you want the audio version, you can find him on Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more platforms. Uh, just pick your favorite one and, and head on over and listen to it. All right, now... Um, a great, great podcast. Really do appreciate Brother Chase. I really do appreciate all of the uh, all of the support that he's given me, and and he's he's just a, a great cheerleader. And and I, and I I've dropped the ball many times on his behalf, but uh, I am so thankful for him and for for all that he does uh, to help promote this podcast. And you know we do the best we can to uh, promote his as well. Definitely worth a good listen. So check him out, the Three Pillars Podcast. All right, folks, uh, just also want to tell you about uh, the War Tribe Armory. Let me get my, my little hot sheet here. Uh, 
Now, the War Tribe Armory, located right here in beautiful Eagle Pass, Texas, on uh, US 57. Uh, the uh, War Tribe Armory is, uh, is a local business owned and operated by veterans, and so we're thankful for them and for their service. Now, if you're looking uh, for, uh, for any, type of, uh, any type of service for your weapons, uh, talking about Cerakotes, uh, uh, engraving, cleaning, uh, stippling, uh, restoration, refinishing, repairs, uh, War Tribe is your place to go. Uh, War Tribe is also an FFL dealership, so you can also transfer your weapons through them. Uh, for example, if you want to purchase something online, uh, you can have it sent over to War Tribe, and uh, they'll handle all the processing for you. All right. Uh, you could also, uh, if you're looking for a custom build, if you're looking for gun sales, magazines, holsters, or trade-ins, War Tribe is your place to go. Uh, you could find them on on uh, Instagram at wartribe.armory, War Tribe Armory on Facebook. Or you can email them at wartribearmory1133 at gmail.com. All right, folks, uh, head on over to our website, sortofthespiritpodcast.com, and look for the programming announcements subscription box on our website. The programming announcements subscription box is a free email list that we've been putting, putting together, and... Um, uh, uh, all that we're going to do with that thing is just kind of just let you know about things that are going on with the show uh, that are related to the schedule uh, for the most part. Uh, you know, if we have any updates or anything we need to get out, uh, that's really the best way for us to do it. So if you could head on over to our website, sign up for the program announcement subscription box. And uh, look, it's free. Don't cost you nothing. Uh, we don't sell your information. We don't share your information. Everything stays here with us safe and secure. And uh, we're not going to spam you with a bunch of stuff that you're not interested in getting. Uh, and, uh, you know, we look forward to being able to serve you in that way. So, uh, again, head over to our website, look for the programming announcement subscription box, get yourself on the list, and stay in the know. All right. Uh, also, on our website, if you would look for the uh, Sword Swag section, uh, you can get yourself one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs like I have right here in my hand. And uh, our broadcast beverage of the evening is some eh, tepid water. That's about it. That's the best thing to use when you're broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And it's also good because once again, my friends, I am getting sick. So gotta keep the uh, gotta keep the throat going. All right. Um, so uh, you can get yourself one of these uh, Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs or one of our Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts. Uh, they're almost done, almost gone. And uh, once they're gone, they're gone because we are working out a new way of uh, distributing these items to folks uh, might be connected to contributions. So uh, like, like, a, like a monthly contribution or recurring contribution. But uh, we're still working that out, and we're going to see how all that plays out uh, in the end. All right, so head on over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com, look for Sword Swag, and get yourself one of these great coffee mugs or T-shirts before they're gone. All right. Now, for the last couple of weeks, I've been telling you about um, a new book that is coming out uh, called The Anatomy of a Revolution. And uh, uh, you can pre-order your copy of Anatomy of a Revolution by Scipio Eruditus on revolutionanatomy.crd.co. Uh, the, there's a link to it in our show notes, so you can always click on that and uh, head on over. Or you can head over to uh, the fundamental I'm sorry, the Firmamental Podcast. I keep on saying fundamental. The FirmamentalPodcast.com, and you could place your order there as well. 
All right. And let's see. So uh, just a couple of quick notes about our social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or X at the SOTS podcast. TikTok as well at the SOTS podcast. Getter Truth Social at SOTS podcast. And also we have our Rumble channel, uh, the SOTS podcast and our locals channel at the SOTS podcast as well. Um, I'm going to find figure out a better way to do that because I just feel like I'm repeating myself a thousand times. But uh, but uh, yeah, you, so you can if you can locate us on all of our social media platforms, and we would love to connect with you there. And uh, it would be a, a real blessing for that. All right, well, folks, that will take us to our break here, and uh, that'll give you a chance to go get your King James Bible if you don't have it already. Maybe grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, and when we come back, we'll be getting into our Bible study uh, for tonight, and uh, that will be on the indicators of the last days. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. That way you'll help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. That pours from Emmanuel's veins The sinner was plunged beneath the flood And God said Since then I walk in forgiveness And all of my guilt was erased The chains of the past are broken at last, I got saved, oh, I got saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I receive nothing but goodness I've tested and tasted your grace I was so lost till I fell at the cross and got saved Oh, I got saved I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord I'm restored and made right he got a hold of my life I got Jesus How could I want more? The love of God gave me His pardon The love of God won't let me stay the same The love of God pulls me up higher His will is stronger That's why I got saved I'm undone by the Jesus, I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm restored and made right. He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I'm restored and made right. 
He got a hold of my life. I got Jesus. How could I want more? I got Jesus. How could I want more? Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured, as his book will make abundantly clear that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history, in Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com. They say times are changing, so we should change too. Trade our old time religion for something new. Our faith is outdated, why live in the past? Well, my answer is simple, so if you ask. I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. So I'll stay on the old path that brought us this far That saved countless millions and reached hardened hearts Although times are changing and forever will There'll still be one Savior, one Calvary's hill I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost as passion was fastened by nails to a cross I still love the sound as the saints start to sing Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me I still love an altar where broken ones pray And find what is found in no other way It may be old-fashioned but it's real still I still love to hear 
how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old fashioned, but it's real still. It may be old fashioned, but it's real still. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. Amen, amen, and amen. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast, folks. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, I'd like you to take your Bibles, and I want you to head over to Second uh, Peter and chapter number 3. 2 Peter and chapter number 3. And uh, before we do that, I, I received a message uh, during the break here that, uh, that uh, uh, Cecil Phillips is uh, currently in a coma, and... Um, we're going to pray uh, for for Cecil uh, before we get into our message tonight. Uh, so, Heavenly Father, we want to lift up uh, Cecil Phillips to you tonight. God, we ask you to bless him tonight as uh, as he's going through uh, this in, incredibly difficult um, uh, medical condition. Lord, we pray that um, Lord, we pray that you would just give the doctors wisdom as they uh, as they address the uh, the coma that he finds himself in tonight. Lord God, we just pray that. Uh, that you would just guide their hands as they treat him, as they diagnose him, Lord. And Father God, I pray that you would bring comfort to the family as well. Lord, let them know that you are the great physician, that you are in charge, Lord, that you know exactly the end from the beginning. 
and Lord, that you are uh, present with them as they endure this difficult time. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy. Lord, I pray that your mercy would pour out upon uh, upon Cecil tonight, and I pray, God, that you would also please, Father, please uh, just uh, bring him out of this and bring him out of this quickly, and we'll thank you for it. In the precious name of the Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen and amen. All right, Second Peter and chapter number three. Second Peter chapter three. Now, uh, Peter was inspired by God's Holy Spirit uh, a long time ago to write these words. Not now. Not only did it have application then, uh, but prophetically, it has an even greater application. I believe in the last days in which you and I currently live. Now, um, uh, let's take a look at verse three of 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. All right, so, uh, you know, that's been the universal question for a long time now. Where is the promise of his coming? Now, I, um, you know, a, a, a lot of the pundits and a lot of the critics, you know, you know, they say, you know, you crazy Christians, you know, you've been saying that forever. The Lord's coming back. The rapture's going to happen. The trumpet's going to blow. And it happened hasn't yet. You know, it hasn't happened. We've been through all kinds of cycles and civilizations and societies and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, well, you know, we're all still here. Well, obviously, what you have to do is look for all of the indicators that the Word of God gives us. Uh, you know, are we really in the last days? Are we there? Well, uh, you know, we're going to study several indicators that tell us that, in fact, we are. We are. First of all, God has a numbering system. You know, God's got a clock, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight in just a few moments. God has a clock. I mean, do you think God wouldn't have a clock? You know, all you got to do is read Genesis chapter one. On the first day, he did this. On the second day, he did that. The third day, he did this, right? I mean, he laid it all out day by day. God's got a clock. All right. And, uh, and then we're going to, not necessarily in this chronological order, we're going to study the, uh, the current alignment of nations as they conform to Bible prophecy. Uh, we're we're going to include the United States in that. Uh, we're going to talk about China and, and that, and you know, and some other things as well. Uh, we're going to talk about the physical restoration of Israel, which is a miraculous thing indeed, uh, and then the acceleration of anti-Semitism, uh, the selfie generation, the selfie generation. And believe it or not, the Lord's got a lot to say about the selfie generation. He doesn't call it that. You know, he just calls it self. You know, but um, I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, people in this day and age like to talk about themselves more than anything else. Maybe you've never noticed that, but, you know, people love to talk about themselves, don't they? Uh, the selfie generation, you know, Facebook and, and all the other stuff that's out there today and, you know, TikTok and, and you know, and God addresses all of that. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, the resurgence of Babylon. Now, that's where your terrorists come in. You know, the Bible has a great deal to say about Babylon, and that's the terrorist group, all right? And, and, finally, uh, and finally, the rise of the Russian bear. 
You know, a lot of people said when Ronald Reagan said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And terrible, terrible Reagan impression, I know. But <laughs> I won't do it again. Uh, but, uh, you know, have you been paying attention to anything that's been going on lately? You know, um, you know, when the Iron Curtain came down, a lot of people said, well, you know, that's the end of that. Is it? Perhaps that wasn't the end of it. Um, so these are all lessons that we need to take a look at to see, in fact, if the promise of his coming could uh, be a reality anytime in the near future. All right? God's got a clock. And um, you know, how many of you remember the old atomic clock? How many of you remember that? The, um, the old atomic clock, uh, the one where the scientists uh, were, you know, uh, you know, we're 1157 or 1159, uh, you know, uh, and then they teeter back and forth, and, and, and that so-called atomic clock was determining, uh, in the estimation of the scientific community, how close we are to nuclear war. Remember that? Do you remember that? I mean, you know, that was around back then, and you've probably seen that. Well, you know what? God's got a clock. God's got a clock. Now, I don't profess to know it precisely, I don't know if we're at 1159, 1157, or 1155, but, but I'll tell you what, in my estimation, we're really close, folks. We are real close. Now, I don't know when the trumpet's going to blow. You know, I've guessed, um, I guessed a couple of times, and I was wrong, obviously, but, you know, I told folks, I don't know, <laughs> I'm guessing, you know, and uh, so, all right, yeah, you're in Second Peter, let's, let's begin here in chapter three, all right? So uh, verse 4, let's pick it up there. Uh, verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the waters and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Verse 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, uh, if you give the context here, verse 9, uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. So what God's talking about here in Second Peter chapter 3 is prophecy, okay? Prophecy, things to come. And right smack in the middle of that, he puts a very unusual phrase. And he adopts that phrase over, way back from Psalm 90. Okay, he just moves it from Psalm 90 and puts it over in Second Peter chapter three, and he says, "A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day." Well, you see, God's giving us a formula right there as to how you know God regulates His clock. A day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Now, you cannot build doctrine on just one or two verses, all right? We understand that. You build good doctrine in your Bible by supporting a supposition at first, and, and, and you support it with a lot of verses. And then pretty soon, you're going to begin to see a trend. You see examples of exactly what the Lord is telling us. Now, with every one of these, the mathematical equation increases as far as possibility. Now, if a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, well, the first time we encounter days in your Bible is Genesis chapter 1. You know, maybe the Lord is showing us something there with six days of work and one day of rest. Now, God does things by sevens. We do things by tens. 
But God does things by sevens, and he starts all over again. Do you know what we call the number eight? We call that an octave, right? In, in musical terms, we call that an octave. All right, do you know what an octave is on a keyboard or a piano? It's a new beginning. It's a new beginning. You start over again. Now, God does things by sevens. He created the earth in six days, and he rested the seventh. He told that Old Testament Jew, you work six days and you rest the seventh. He said, you work six years, and the seventh year you let the land lay fallow. He said, you multiply seven times seven, is 49, and at the end of that, the 50th year is a year of jubilee. And then that had all kinds of unusual things attached to it. You get over to the book of Revelation, you got seven angels, you got seven personages, you got seven vials, seven trumpets, seven, 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 seven. God does things by sevens. So it pays to pay attention to that kind of thing. So a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. Could that possibly mean, and now this is just a possibility, okay, at this point, it's just a possibility. We have not proved anything yet. Just thinking, okay? Could that mean that God's plan for this earth, as we presently know it, is 7,000 years. Could that be a possibility? 6,000 years of work? And then do you know what the millennial kingdom is? It's 1,000 years. Do you know how I know that? Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 tells us six times. 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years, 1,000 years. So the millennial kingdom is a day of rest. It's, uh, you know, it, it pictures that very thing. All right? Now, I want you to go over to Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to begin our search. All right? Matthew chapter 17, God's clock. Before we get into all the specifics about Russia, about China, and, and Islamic terrorists, and they all have their place. But we need to understand a little bit about God's clock. Now, in Matthew 17, we're going to encounter the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, you remember what that was? Jesus took three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on the mountain, remember? And in effect, he said, watch this, boys. And all of a sudden, Elijah and Moses appeared in transfigured kinds of bodies, and then Jesus was transfigured along with them. So in other words, Jesus somehow left his mortal body to an immortal-type situation with Elijah and Moses. All right, so uh, this is what happened on the Mount, Mount of Transfiguration. And then a voice came down from heaven, etc., etc., etc. Now, in uh, 17 and verse 1, And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringing them up into an high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine in the sun, shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elijah talking with him. All right, now, what's interesting for our purposes tonight is this happens after six days. What does it matter? Why would the Lord even write that down after six days? Well, so what? Well, there must be a so what because every word of God is pure. Remember that? Isn't that what the book says? So there must be a so what. Take your Bible and go over to Luke and chapter 9. Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 9. Now, I'm going to show you a great contradiction in your Bible. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. All right, Luke, chapter 9, we have Luke's version of the transfiguration. All right, same story. 
Same story. Verse 28. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And then it goes right on down the story telling you the same thing that Matthew tells you. All right. What's the difference? About eight days. Well, let me ask you this. What's after six and about eight? Ah, uh-huh. after six and about eight is seven. Hmm. Do you suppose the Lord's onto something here? What's the transfiguration all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Second Peter in chapter one. Second Peter and chapter number one. Good old Peter. Now remember, remember this. Peter was an eyewitness to this whole event. He was there. So I would say he's probably a fairly good source of information. Amen? All right, now in seven, verse 17 of chapter 1. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. All right, do you see what the Lord's doing here? He's connecting the Mount of Transfiguration with the second advent of Jesus Christ. What the Lord's telling us there is, is what they saw on that mount with Jesus, Elijah, and Moses was a picture of the Lord returning sometime in the future. Now, doesn't Malachi chapter 4 tell us that Moses and Elijah have to show up in conjunction with the second advent of Jesus Christ? Hmm. What's after six and about eight? Seven. Seven. So the seventh day could be real interesting. All right, now, it doesn't matter if you're looking at Bishop Usher's chronology chart or you're looking at, uh, you know, or or whoever it is you're looking at. It's it's in general agreement that from Adam to now, we are roughly 6,000 years. That would be six days. Amen? Six days. All right, well, that's not all. Go with me over to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. God's got a clock. God's got a clock. It would probably do well. I mean, you know, we, we would do well to start listening to God's clock. Amen? John chapter 2. Now, this is the first miracle that Jesus performed, which is significant in itself. John chapter 2 and verse 1. John chapter 2, verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. The third day. Now, anytime God divides the number seven, he always does it this way. He does it four and three. You find that in um, the Lord's Prayer. You find that in Solomon's dedicatory prayer for the temple. You find that over and over and over again in your Bible. When the Lord divides the number seven, he does it four and three. Now, we have 4,000 years from Adam 1 to the second Adam, who is Jesus Christ. All right, now just simple math. 
okay? If I've got 4,000 years from Adam to Jesus, and I know that on the tail end of this thing, I've got a 1,000-year millennial kingdom, because God tells me in plain English that we've got a 1,000-year millennial kingdom coming. Now, deductive reasoning, folks, is not a good way to build doctrine, okay? Understand that. Deductive reasoning is not a good way to build doctrine, but just temporarily, temporarily, how many days would that leave for the church age? Two, right? Two. Two days. 2,000 years. Well, it appears to me that those 2,000 years are just about expired. We're on, we're on expiration time right now. All right? Now, and the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. All right? Uh, Jesus, uh, starting from Jesus and moving forward, you know what's going to happen at the beginning of the third day? You're going to a wedding, and it's going to be your wedding, and it's going to be a grand one. It's going to be, a, it's going to be marvelous beyond comprehension, and you read about that over in Revelation chapter 19. You're going to a wedding on the third day. Now, why is that important? Why is it important that the Holy Spirit gives us these little snippets? You know, so what? There must be a reason, though. All right, so they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother came to him and said, well, you know, they're out of wine. They're out of wine. Now, this is a whole other lesson that I don't really have time to run out. Um, but I can show you, I can show you what that wine was. It wasn't fermented liquor. It was new wine. And I, I can show you that, but it would take me about 30 minutes to do it, and you don't have the time tonight. All right? So, verse 4, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Now, he's not being rude to her. All right? He's pointing to Calvary because the new wine is a picture of his blood. All right? His mother saith unto the servants, you know, she, she didn't act offended, right? Look what she says. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You just do what he tells you to do. That's a good mom, isn't it? Amen. All right, now verse 6. And there were set, and there, were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. All right. Now, that's anywhere from 18 to 27 gallons in each one of these stone water pots. If that was fermented liquor, I mean, you can get a whole army drunk on that, right? Um, so here's these six water pots of stone. Excuse me. So here's these six water pots of stone, all right? And Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. All right, now take your Bible, and go with me over to Zechariah, chapter 10. Zechariah, chapter 10. All right, can you find it? Just go to Matthew and keep going backwards. All right, Matthew, Malachi, Zechariah. All right, shouldn't take you very long. 
Zechariah chapter 10 and verse 7. And they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man, and their heart shall rejoice as, though, as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it, and be glad their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. So this wine, this wine is a picture of rejoicing. This wedding feast that you'll be going to one day is going to be a picture of rejoicing. But, you know, I found it a, a little bit odd that the record said that there were six water pots. Now, folks, you know me. You've been listening to me for a while. I'm just one of those wacko Bible believers that believe there are absolutely no coincidences in that book. Doesn't that Bible say that every word of God is pure? Every? Do you know what the word every means in the original Greek? Every, right? Every. Every word of God is pure. Six water pots. One's missing. One's missing. Now, remember what the servants had to do? They had to take the stone water pots that could hold up to 27 gallons and lug them around and fill them up with water. Do you know what that is? That's work. That's work. Wouldn't you guess? Now, I don't know what that whole outfit weighed, but, you know, water weighs roughly, you know, about eight pounds to the gallon. So multiply that by about 20 or more, then add a stone water pot on top of that. Folks, we're talking about some serious work here. Do you know what you do for the first 6,000 years? You work. You work. You and I are in a time of work, are we not? But the rest is coming, folks. And when we hit the rest, do you know what we get? You get the really good wine. Now, there really is a lot more that we can say about that, but let's go on. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. You know, if we had the wine that Jesus manufactured, you know, Welch's would be out of business, wouldn't it? Um, now, in Luke chapter 10, we have the story that you're probably well familiar with, the story of the Good Samaritan. All right, let's pick it up in verse 30. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And then, you know, the story goes on, and I'm sure you know it. You know, the priest comes by, the Levite comes by, and, you know, they see this poor old guy is all beat up on the side of the road, and they just decide to leave him there. All right, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now, if you compare this with, with, with uh, some, of, some information over in the book of Ephesians, do you know who the guy in the ditch is? Well, that's us. A bunch of lost pagan Gentiles. That's us. And a good Samaritan comes along, and that's a picture of Jesus. And he says, you know, I'm going to help that fellow right there. So he takes him to the inn, and, and the host at the inn, the innkeeper, is a picture of who? The Holy Spirit. And he says to the Holy Spirit, you take care of him. Now, isn't that what the Holy Spirit's job is right now? Taking care of us? Teaching us? Comforting us? Instructing us? Isn't that his job? That's what he does. 
And then what does he do? He gives him two pence. Now, in Bible language, a pence is one day's wages. So he gives the guy two days wages. And then he says, when I return, not if I return, when I return, if I owe thee aught, I will repay thee. All right? So you get the idea? He says, I'll be gone a couple of days, but I'm coming back. Well, you know, folks, I, I mean, don't get excited about this stuff. Don't get too excited about it. You know, it's just, you know, you'll, you'll end up turning into social deviants if you get too excited about these things. All right, go over to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, God's got a clock. And you got to pay attention to this thing. You got to pay attention to it. Now, uh, Jesus decides he's going to go down through Samaria. Okay, John chapter 4, verse 4, 4, 4. And he must needs go through Samaria. Well, now, the Samaritans were despised by the Jews. They were half-breeds. And over, and over the centuries, they, they developed their own half-breed, unorthodox religion. And, and the Jews just thought they were slime buckets. I mean, you know, that was their good point as far as they were concerned. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it was, you know, I guess rather shocking to the disciples when he announced he was going to go through Samaria. So he said... I'm going to go through Samaria. You guys go back to McDonald's and pick up some food and, and catch up to me. You know, that's a loose translation, by the way, but, you know. Uh, so he goes to Samaria, and he meets a woman at a well, Jacob's well. And uh, he engages her in conversation, and we find out that this woman's been around the block several, several, several times. All right? Verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that said, it's thou truly. So he engaged her in conversation and talked to her about living water. He didn't condemn her. He told her that she could drink of water that'll give her eternal life. And this woman got so excited that she went back to the village and told all the villagers that, that, uh, that even had a certain disdain toward her because, you know, because of her past and her past activities. She said, man, you got to come and you got to hear and see a man that, that, that told me all that I ever did. And they said, whoa, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're into that. That's better than TV. So then out they come. All right, let's pick it up in verse 39, the end of the story. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. So how long did he stay there? Two days. Two days with the Samaritans. Two days with these half-Gentile dogs. Two days. Jesus has been with us, Gentile dogs, two days, hasn't he? Two days. Now, here's something pretty important. Verse 41. And many more believed because, because of his own word. Now, they didn't, they didn't believe because of miracles. They didn't believe because anyone was speaking in tongues. They didn't believe because somebody got slain in the Spirit. They believed because of his word. That's why we preach the word. That's what ultimately brings people to Jesus Christ. It's the word of God. Now, 
that's a characterization of the day in which you and I live. Preach the word, Paul said. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Amen? Preach the word. So that's what we do. Preach the word, and people believe as a result of that. All right, let's look over in John chapter 11 at our, own, at our old buddy Lazarus. All right, now, you know the story, at least I hope you do, because I'm not going to read it all to you. It's a pretty long story. But um, Lazarus and his sisters Mary and Martha, you know, are good friends to Jesus. And he, you know, he periodically found respite in their home. Uh, he enjoyed fellowship and meals with them. And it was uh, kind of a little oasis of fellowship for Jesus, you know, to retire to the home of Lazarus and his two sisters. But, you know, old Lazarus, he got sick in verse 2. Verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now he loved them. Loved them. Now, when the Bible says that Jesus specifically loved someone, man, that has to be a great love. That has to be an overwhelming love. I mean, a love that's, that's far beyond any of our comprehension. He loved them. And he heard that Lazarus was sick, and therefore he said, I must immediately go to the side of my friend Lazarus. Oh, wait. Wait, verse 6. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick... He abode two days still in the same place where he was. Don't you find that a little bit odd? Don't you find that strange? He receives the word that Lazarus is sick, and he says, well, I'm just going to hang out here for another couple of days. It's almost incomprehensible. Now, to me, at least, the obvious is plain. Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die and that God was going to get the glory. By, by Jesus raising him from the dead. All right, we know that. That's, that's all clear. But is there something else maybe going on? Why not three days? Why not a day and a half? Why two? Do you know what the condition of Israel is right now? Lazarus is a full-blown, pure-blooded Jew. Do you know what the condition of Israel is right now, spiritually? They're sick. They're sick and they're dead. Dead in trespasses and sin. And so the Lord purposely waits two days before he brings old Lazarus out of the grave. And you get over in Ezekiel, and that thing is typified very clearly, isn't it? One day the valley of dry bones will begin to move. Hollywood, you know provides cheap imitations, you know, things like The Walking Dead. Oh, folks, you ain't seen nothing yet, and you haven't either. And uh, so, you know, all that's typified right there. And Lazarus comes out of the grave after two days. That's exactly what's going to happen to Israel, folks. After two days, they're going to come out of the grave. All right, let's go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. All right, now I'm just summarizing all this right now, but I'm trying to give you an introduction, you know, to the other things uh, with the thing in mind that God has a clock. God's got a clock. Now, if we could take 
you know, several things, like seven, eight, nine things, you know, whatever it turns out to be. And they're all pointing to the same time on the clock. I mean, pretty soon you're going to get the idea that time's almost up. All right, Luke 24 and verse 13. Luke 24, verse 13. Now, this is post-resurrection. All right, Jesus has been crucified, been buried, and resurrected from the dead. But, you know, most of his disciples don't know it yet. They think he's still in the grave. All right, verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Hmm. Jesus was walking right along with them, and they didn't know who he was. Seems like God put a little veil of blindness on them. Amen? And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as you walk and are sad? I mean, so, you know, they were dragging their lip, you know? (laughs) I mean, obviously they were very grieved over something. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers dev- delivered him to be condemned to death and have, him, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. When is Israel going to be redeemed? The third day. Third day, two days, church age, beginning of the third day, Israel, according to Zechariah, sees their Messiah, acknowledges who he really is, and receives him. They get their redemption the third day. Ah, come on, it's just a coincidence, right? Don't get too excited, you know? All right. Let's take a break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll uh, start to wrap this thing up. Folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. To see the dawn of the darkest day, Christ on the road to Calvary, tried by sinful man, torn and beaten then, nailed to a cross of wood. This the cross 
to see the pain written on your face, bearing the awesome weight of sin. Every bitter thought, every evil deed, crowning your bloodstained brow. This the power of the cross. Christ became sin for us, took the blame, bore the wrath we stand forgiven at the cross. Now the daylight flees, now the ground beneath quakes as its maker bows his head. Curtain torn in two, dead or raised to life, finish the victory. suffering I am free death is crushed to death life is mine to live one through yourself let's love this the power of the cross son of God slain for us Despite being one of the most well-documented and discussed periods of history, the true roots of the French Revolution and Napoleonic era remains largely obscured, as this book will make abundantly clear that is no mere accident. Discover the conspiracy at the heart of one of the bloodiest eras in human history, in Anatomy of a Revolution, the true story of the French Revolution and Napoleonic Wars by Scipio Eruditus. Available exclusively at thefirmamentalpodcast.com.
Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and we are talking about God's clock. We are talking about the indicators of the last days. Now, uh, we left off, we were just about to, uh, we were just talking about uh, the two days of the church age, and uh, uh, we were talking about over in Zechariah chapter 10, but uh, let's, uh, let, let's look at the corn killer here, okay? Let's go over to uh, Hosea chapter 6. Hosea and chapter 6, all right, folks? God's got a clock. And again, I don't know if we're at 1159 or 1157, 1155, or whatever it is, but I, I, I do—I just have to believe that, you know, based upon what I'm studying in the Word of God, we're at—no doubt about we're at 1150-something, all right. I, I just have to believe that we're at 1150 something, you know, and, and to be honest with you folks, I don't I don't have anything on my calendar that's so important that I couldn't give it up for the rapture. Amen. And I, and I certainly hope you feel the same way. All right. Hosea chapter six. All right. Hosea chapter six. Now, it might do us well to know a little bit of something about Hosea. All right. The book of Hosea, uh, uh, the prophet Hosea is told to go by God to marry a wayward woman. All right. Do we know what that means? That means she's a whore. She's a prostitute. All right. And uh, Hosea initially protests and he says, say what, Lord? (laughs) Lord, 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 What you talking about, Lord? (laughs) And the Lord says, look, you just go and do it. And so he does. And so he does. And, uh, you know, it's not long. And then, you know, she runs off back to the same old game plan that she had. So here's Hosea now complaining to the Lord. And in effect, he's saying, Lord, I don't want to say I told you so, but, you know, I told you so. Now, the bottom line of, uh, of Hosea is this. God says, Hosea, now you can really preach to Israel because you know how I feel. Because that's what Israel, my wife, has done to me. Now you get it. Oh, yeah, Lord, I get it. But that's not all. That's not all. God says, now, Hosea, go buy her back. And so Hosea obediently does. Now, is God the Father going to buy back Israel? Do do you know what he's going to do? He's going to redeem them. That's buying something back, isn't it? You know, when you go down to the pawn shop, you know, uh, you redeem it, right? You redeem something. You buy it back. And so that's precisely what's going to happen. You know, now, you know, I wonder, though, I wonder, you know, if God's got a timetable in mind for this redemption. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Come and let us return unto the Lord. All right, now, this is Israel, okay? Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Now, there's no indication anywhere, anywhere in your Bible, that this is going to happen after two 24-hour days. But there are plenty of indications that it's going to happen after two 1,000-year days. A day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day with the Lord. God's got a clock. You know, folks, I'm excited about that. You know, I still haven't, I still haven't bought a grave plot, you know? 
I still haven't because I'm not looking forward to the undertaker. I'm looking forward to the upper taker. Amen. And, you know, a little sidebar here. You know, I've actually thought about preaching my own funeral service, you know, record a video and, and play it. <laughs> that would be creepy, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm in heaven now and I'm watching you. <laughs> Imagine that. After two days, he will revive us. In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now, obviously, that's prophetic because God hasn't done it, right? He hadn't done it then. It certainly hadn't taken place in, in Hosea's time. At that time, they were on a downhill slide. I mean, I mean, they were in a mess, and they were getting worse. He says, after two days. Hmm. God's got a clock. God's got a clock. Now, you know, folks have tried to figure it out precisely, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I'm not... Look, I believe it's in the book, folks, because I believe that that book has all the information in it, but we're just not smart enough to figure it out. You know, God has some secrets in there that'll be revealed at the appropriate time. You know what he calls them? Mysteries. He calls them mysteries. You say, you know, when's it going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. There, there, there are a few variables included in the equation you need to consider. Like, number one... You know, we don't know if our calendar is right or not. We don't know how correct our calendar is. I mean, it's close. It's close, but you know, we don't know if it's absolutely right on. And number two, you know, the Lord has the ability to speed a thing up or slow a thing down. Remember over in Matthew 24, a, a tribulation chapter, he says, except those days be shortened. Now, the Lord can shorten things up, and he can speed things up. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly when it's going to be. And maybe it's a good thing I don't know. You know, someone said once to uh, Martin Luther, he goes, you know, if you knew the Lord was coming back tomorrow, what would you do? He said, I wouldn't do anything different from what I'm doing right now. The message, folks, is clear. It's very clear. Live every day like you're expecting him. Live every moment like you're anticipating him. Amen? He said, I wouldn't do anything different. Now, you know what? There are, there are variables. You know, some folks like to get into technicalities, you know, that we won't get into. You know, theologians love technicalities. They're like lawyers. You know, they love the details. You know, they like to talk about, well, you know, when did the church age start? Because that's what we're talking about. Did it start at the birth of Christ? Did it start at the death of Christ? Did it start at Pentecost? Did it start over in Acts chapter 15? When did it start? And then, you know, you, you, you could extrapolate various opinions based on those dates, but if you're working within that parameter from the birth of Christ to Acts chapter 15, I mean, folks, you're only talking about a 35-year period. A 35-year spread, that's all you're talking about. So if the church age started at the birth of Christ, which it probably didn't, because Jesus came to fulfill the law, if it started at Calvary, which it might have, you know, because the veil was rent in twain, you know, if it started at Pentecost, which is possible, because they're very close together, you know, we're not talking about a really big spread here, folks. 
2033 at the at the outset. At the outset. You know, now most people agree that that Jesus was actually born in 4 BC. So, you know, you backed it up to 2029. All right, folks, it's only 5 years. And you know something, it could be any time between now and then. It could be tonight. And if it is, are you ready? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the preaching and the teaching of your holy word tonight. God, we thank you so much for your book. God, we thank you that we have it as an absolute perfect authority. Father, we thank you so much for the precious gift that it is to us. God, we ask you tonight that you would continue to bless us as we teach and preach your book, that we continue to preach and teach Jesus Christ, that we continue to preach and teach your word. Father God, we ask you tonight to please just uh, hedge us about as we go out into the world. Father, again, we, we lift up uh, Cecil to you, Lord, tonight. We ask you to continue to just to, uh, just to work in that situation there. And Lord, again, bring comfort to the family as, as they uh, deal with this situation that's uh, laid before them. God, we thank you so much for all the blessings and everything that you do for us, and we ask you tonight to bless us as we, uh, as we depart this, uh, this message tonight. Thank you so much for it, and help us to understand it, help us to see it, open up our eyes and our ears and our hearts to it, God, and we will thank you, and we will bless you, and we will praise you. In the precious name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Head on over to swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And uh, when you get over there, click on that contact section. Why don't you send us over any comments or questions? Also, why don't you look for that support this podcast tab? And if you could help us out with a monthly recurring contribution or a one-time, we'd appreciate it. Folks, until next time, win the lost, no matter the cost. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.